You're listening to Seven Figure Fitness Business. Today, we're going to be discussing, I guess, the financial aspect of your business. We're going to be talking about cash flow versus profits versus revenue. Now, some of you may know what these different concepts are. Some of you may have no idea. But I think if you are not aware, this is going to be a really, really valuable episode. So, G, do you want to kick things off with a discussion, I guess, about sort of our journey through these concepts? Yeah, I think that, you know, in business, you learn from the mistakes that you make. And when we first got into business, we just started spending and spending and spending. We were fortunate enough that the first charm in our first week of business, we sold $10,000 worth of programs, but we didn't really know what that meant, right? So we had $10,000 coming to us. It wasn't all cash that we collected up front. It was money that was going to be paid over the course of the next 12 weeks. So we didn't actually have a huge amount of cash, but we saw that and we're like, how can we make this as big as possible? So all of a sudden, we had hired your mum, we hired one of your clients from the and one of your best friends. And five staff were getting paid money on delay and all of a sudden we're like, we can't necessarily afford all of this. And just kind of like, how big can we make this? And where we were thinking was it's like we were mistaking that the revenue that was coming in was our money, that it was profit, right? (laughs) And we got into a bit of a sticky situation. And I know that like that all kind of came to a head. Well, the other thing was we just decided, hey, we're going to go travel the world, right? And we're going to spend our money from the business traveling the world, which is great. It was the best experience ever. But that kind of came to a head. I know... AP, you particularly have, you kind of noticed that particularly, it was ironically, I know I've talked about this before, but. I was driving from the five-star hotel that we were staying in Macau on the way to a casino. I was in Uber, I think a luxury Uber on the way to the casino. And we got our first ever bookkeeping report, which said, yay, you, and this is like four months in, you guys made $9,000 in sales this month. That's our revenue. Amazing. I was so excited. And then it was like, you guys lost $13,000 because, I oh, know you lost $5,000 because your expenses were like, I think it was like 13 or 14,000. So we were cash flow negative. We were just living off money that we hadn't had to pay in taxes yet. And we were definitely not profitable, but we were $9,000 in revenue. So we thought we were ballers. <laughs> that was a weekly figure, not a monthly figure, by the way. Yeah, that's so right. That's right. Sorry. There was good money coming in, right? You look at that, there's just under 40K a month coming in, but it was all being spent and we were effectively borrowing money against the business that we didn't have. It was all based on the fact that we were growing. Now, that sort of strategy is fine, like growing your business and strategically growing your business is fine if you know your numbers. A lot of the time people talk about revenue versus profit, like what's more important. And yeah, sure, it's super important that you have a profitable business that you're making money, particularly when that's your sole source of income. But there are also very many businesses, you know, take Uber, for example, who haven't made profit pretty much since they started because they just want to grow your business. Now, there's two sides to this. There's no way we'd be as big as we were, whereas we are right now, unless we'd actually stupidly grown our business as fast as we could. A lot of the time, not knowing it, just next person, hire the next person, hire the next person, spend more money on ads, not necessarily looking at our ROI. And then all of a sudden, we got really big and then it's like, okay, well, let's just tighten the ship and now we can make profit because we've gotten that big. But definitely, if we'd gone about it the other way, I think it would have been that we collected a lot of cash as we grew through the business. At the end of the day, cash is king, right? Yeah. 
I'd rather have a business that was collecting cash, like with profit, right? So it's like, let's say, would you rather have a business that has a higher profit margin or like this more profitable on paper, but you're collecting less cash or you're collecting more cash up front, but kind of like less profitable Mm. on paper overall, right? I take the cash at any day because (laughs) you can do more when you have cash coming into the bank. I think there's like, there's two elements to it. There's definitely the good offense and a good defense. And you obviously can't necessarily play a good game without a little bit of both, right? So we definitely, G and I, we started off with an extreme offensive attack. And then we ended up selling a lot. We had a really large team, like too big, in fact. So we were making all the cliche mistakes. And luckily we teamed up with Charlie Valor early on and he set us up immediately with a bookkeeper. And so that was like the biggest mistake that we made and such a valuable lesson. And I think this is just another point as to why, regardless of whether you get mentorship or not, you need to at least be following what people who have been successful are doing. Otherwise, you're just going to repeat all the same mistakes that they've already made. We already kind of talked about this, but it's like when you're getting mentorship, what you're really buying is you're buying time, right? I'd rather learn from the mistakes you guys made over a three-year span than to have to make those same mistakes over my own three-year span. That's stupid. But that's why it's so important. Like Even the mistakes that we made at the beginning, I made and you guys made, those mistakes were dramatically how long you keep making that same mistake was dramatically reduced by your mentor, mm, yeah. right? Imagine completely continuing to bleed for the next year or two <laughs> and then hiring Charlie, like maybe three years later, like where would you be? Oh, well, I mean, even, probably, probably nowhere. <laughs> even when you look at Charlie, at the time, Charlie was a huge investment for us, probably triple the price at the time of any mentor that we paid for that period. And it was kind of like, we could have gone on and kept trying ourselves, but we made the right decision we decided to invest more money than we'd ever spent on a mentor before so that we could actually get that information and take the shortcut to success. Yeah, I was shitting myself. So the very beginning of our international trip, we went to Bali for this like live event. I don't think either of us particularly thought it was a great event, but Charlie was one of the few speakers there that really like just blew the lid off the room. And, you know, everyone was just like riveted by him while he was telling the story about how he systemizes a business and sets it up. So basically it becomes a source of cash ultimately where you're not inefficiently working in it. You're not sort of like doing the grunt work. You're creating systems to get yourself out. Basically, that was like a sales call that Gosen sort of tricked me into attending because he was like, dude, we're going to work with this mentor. And I was like, how much? And I was like, absolutely no way in hell are we doing that. And then I went to this event and like Charlie, without even knowing it, he just sold me on the event because everything that he said, it was just like, oh, I just knew I needed to get around him. When I met Charlie, I kind of had decided, I think after about five minutes of talking to him, that's how good he was. I'm like, I need to work with you. And I walked straight up to him after he finished, didn't give him any time to breathe. And he's like, whoa, 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 (laughs) you want to work with me, right? And it was just like this entire thing of like some people you just connect with and you feel like they're the right direction to take your business. Well, we're talking a lot about sort of where we've come from and this is awesome, but let's shift gears a bit now. There are different stages of a business. There's a growth stage and then there's a consolidation stage, which is where instead of actually seeking to grow revenue, you're actually aiming to increase profits and cash whilst keeping things the same. In fact, your revenue might even drop. But it's what you said, Iggy, cash is king. I mean, if you want your business to be a secure environment for you, your employees, allow you to get good money from it, you need to have cash and profit. So 
Gee, you've been on particularly a huge project recently, which has had really exciting dividends in what you've been achieving. But what have you actually been doing for the last sort of six months with, with our fitness businesses? Yeah, I think like business has gone in waves where it's really, really profitable and it's less profitable. And it's just being able to break down exactly what's happened. Like I think one of the big things that happened to us was we overhired, particularly in middle management, and then all of a sudden things got slightly less profitable. Probably should have been a little bit more strategic with those hires. Um, and I think like initially, particularly when the iOS 14 stuff came out, we hit a bit of a point where things dropped off because things became more expensive initially until we figured out all the systems where we effectively get to the bottom of it and do not have any problems. And I think that over time, you're always going to have these things in business that pop up. You're always going to have extremely profitable months sometimes, and you're going to have less profitable months other times. And I think that having an analytical view of your business and being able to identify the causes and effects of what's going on is the thing that's going to hold you in good stead. Yeah, because it's the ability to objectively look at the business without being emotional, right? A lot of people, there's so many mistakes that are made when people are too close to the situation and don't know how to like step back and just analyze and make decisions pure off the numbers, right? It doesn't matter how you feel about it, right? This leads to some clients or some people that we work with who get so attached to like a specific brand or an offer, but the numbers are like punishing it. And it's like, dude, like this, clearly this brand sucks <laughs> if you're just looking at the numbers. But that's why, I mean, it's still this challenge now. Like as you start to grow and get more emotionally invested, it becomes harder and harder to step back. So for you, how do you go about making sure you remain objective about the state of the business and not allowing yourself to get emotional? Be like, oh, you know, this is my baby. Like we pour so much into it. Like, how do you stay objective about where the business is at and where you need to take it and the tough decisions that you have to make to keep it healthy? Every Monday, our VAs put together a spreadsheet of every single number in the business, top to bottom. And it's quite a complicated sort of a Google sheet where whether it's client fulfillment, whether it's the marketing, whether it's the reports on how staff are going, but we're able to then look at those numbers and identify exactly the problems and go, okay, well, our marketing budget doubled this week. What the hell happened? What happened to the ads? And then be able to have a closer look at the ads and then say, all right, what happened with the ads? Did the picture stop working? Was the copy not working? Do we need to adjust our offer? And then being able to pinpoint exactly the problem and then say, all right, guys, this is our focus this week. We're going to do A, B, C, D. We're going to come back next week and we're going to track the improvement. And if things have improved, fantastic. And that's what business is. It's about finding that 1% thing that you can improve on every single week, implementing, coming back the next week and seeing your results. And in most cases, when you spend that attention and giving that one, one focus for a week, you get that result. And if you do that every single week in business, your business improves out of sight because those 1% add up extremely, extremely fast. And it may not be 1%, it might be 5% each time. And then when you look at it by the end of the year, it's like compound interest, you've just blown up. And you make kind of like an interesting point. There's some people that are focused on looking at their numbers daily, right? What would you say looking at it daily versus weekly? I think with daily, you just don't see the improvements, right? It's like jumping on the scales as a client, having a client jump on the scales for weight loss. They jump on the scales every single day. They don't see the improvement because it's like 100 grams a day, probably even less. And then they feel demotivated and they don't feel successful. And the funny thing is that a lot of us, we treat, we're in the mindset of being a client where we don't realize that 
hey, you could have water fluctuations. You know, you have a yeah. big meal past you, you jump on the scales, and all of a sudden that next day you're two kilos heavier. Or, you know, you don't eat your carbohydrates, right? And then all of a sudden you completely deplete your system and you're two kilos lighter. And then you go through that phase of being like, no carbohydrates, pasta, and you're up four kilos over the course of a day. And that's what happens when you look at a business from a short-term perspective. And you've really got to step back and see a macro perspective. Understand that, hey, a week's a good measurement, but a really good week is a month. And an even better perspective is a year because those correct decisions all add up, as I said before. Yeah, it's very easy to be susceptible to emotion when you're going daily. Yeah, and gee, you used to pay a huge amount of attention to any one salesperson saying, "Hey, gee, the leads suck today. The leads suck this week," and that's great because you know obviously that's an emotional response, and there's a small amount of value in that opinion. But all we do is we just look at the scoreboard for the week, and we say, "Well, in fact, you're wrong. Our sales conversions are better this week, or they're the same this week." Or so, like if somebody's complaining on a individual level or on a day-to-day or even an hour-to-hour or call-to-call level, you start to really be able to separate, I guess, feelings from... It comes down to maths, really. Like, I know, like, we've had salespeople, they have a day where might have made one or zero sales. And it's like, that happens. Mathematically, there's going to be a point, you know, if you average four sales a week because you've got a full diary, four sales a day, I should Mm -hmm. say, there is a mathematical point where you are not going to make a sale in a day. You know, people aren't going to show. People are going to cancel. You're not going to actually sell people. You're going to go through sales fails. And understanding that and being ready to ride that roller coaster because business is a roller coaster. And I think being able to like step back, even if you're, even if you're at the stage where you're doing everything yourself, making sure that you're not making decisions based on the small amount of data that you gather in a day. All right. There's so many people who are working with right now who shut off their ads because one day the lead cost is high. You got to look at it from a macro perspective where you can actually analyze the data as a whole and identify patterns, right? Because things fluctuate from on a day-to-day basis. So those of you guys who are listening, like really making sure you set yourself some type of cadence where you'll evaluate the data that you've gathered over a fixed period of time. Right. Where it's like, all right, I'm not going to get emotional about what's happening today because I'm in the front line. I'm in the trenches working the day to day stuff. You're talking to people who are wasting your time. You're getting tire kicker leads. You're getting on the phone. People are no showing and you're so entrenched in the day to day stuff. And you're feeling like, man, like this is a terrible week. And you look back and look at the numbers like this is actually the best week we've had. (laughs) Right. That happens. I just think back to the sales example. If I listened to that person who said the leads are really bad after one day and I made changes to the ads, that would kill us because one of the most expensive things you can do is grow, is to trial new things. And when you're trialing new things, you've got to expect that your price is going to go up because you spent, for us, a lifetime of marketing and advertising getting to that point where you've got your best possible ad. So it can actually be a re- it's a hugely, hugely negative thing to actually be listening to that feedback. I think the main takeaway for some of you guys listening is don't make decisions so quickly. In business, the game, you want to do things fast, right? There is value and speed, especially in business, being able to quickly implement things. But you also got to have a level of balance where you're actually able to, it's calculated how fast you're moving. 
you're not just putting the pedal to the metal. It's like, it's actually very well thought out. It's calculated and having the time to be able to evaluate the numbers and looking at the data and making decisions based on that. That's how you're going to see sustainable growth long-term, right? Is having a healthy cadence where you're looking at those things. And that's one of the things that I've taken away from even working with you guys when we first, actually, when we first met, I think was not 2018, I got like looking at my weekly averages from, from you because before I was looking at it on a monthly basis, right? But it's like m- looking at it on a monthly basis is too far out to where you can't really get ahead of the changes that you need to make, right? And then the first extreme was looking at it on a daily basis and tracking everything daily. So I found like looking at it on a weekly basis to be like the biggest improvement in our own business on the fitness side, being able to analyze on a weekly basis and making those changes. Now, as you start stacking those changes up, it equates to higher months and more sustainable growth over an extended period of time. You have to collect the data. Most people are too lazy to do that. We speak to business owners all the time. They don't know their sales stats. They don't know their marketing stats. They don't know any of those things. So once you collect the data, then you've actually got to analyze the data and then make critical decisions based on that data. And then from that, you have to either implement those actions yourself or you have to sort of give those messages out to the teams or the team leaders. Obviously, outside of that, it's still very important that you get professional financial advice. Like having a good bookkeeper and accountant is essential as well. Our process, I know G does this, is every Monday, as he says, he collects the data from the data or the dashboards. Then after analyzing it, he has a meeting with the team leaders. We have directives for every team based on what we need to work on, who's holding steady, who's trying to improve, uh, et cetera. And then at the end of that, we go into our monthly accounting meeting like with ideas about how we think things have gone. And then we have to go in there and actually confirm 100%. Are we moving in the right direction or not? And if we're not, what's our directions for the next month? So everything has to be organized based on data and not on feelings. I think that's an important thing, like you, you drew attention to this, is like looking at those different timeframes because it is really important, whether it's looking at things daily and getting that feedback and accepting that that's not important, but then being able to look at it weekly. And then for us, like it's also being able to look at it monthly and then also having a meeting to be able to look at it yearly. And that's why we have our bookkeeper, our accountant, our CFO, who's actually going to give us advice from a higher level. And I think that for a business that's at our size, that's something, the skill set that we require, we need someone to be able to give us the absolute macro breakdown. And in a lot of ways, that's us. We're obviously paying for CFO, but we're also getting coaching as to how to long-term think about business, not just short-term. Well, it was actually our CFO team that identified that two of the biggest goals that we had, and we've been working on this, is definitely how much we were paying our staff compared to the total revenue that came in and how that was affecting profit. So we made some decisions there in terms of middle management and then also gave clear metrics and data goalposts essentially for marketing spend. And those things have been, that clarity has been invaluable because it's allowed us to actually make very important decisions and changes based on that information we collected. I think that's a pretty solid wrap up, guys. And we'll see you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in today. 